0: Maybe being on this program is, is a good omen for people We had uh, Austin Davis on this program when he was state representative And now he's the lieutenant governor We now have Austin Davis's replacement on this program State Representative Matt Gurgley was sworn into office just a couple of weeks ago Represents the 35th district And we're going to ask him to uh, tell us all the communities that are in that district But most of the Mon Yacht, Mon Valley communities around McKeesport uh, Good morning, uh, Representative Gargley morning, Jason. It's uh, great to be here, and I don't think it's anything but a great omen, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to be here <laughs> with you. So what, what communities all are in your district? Because you've probably had to do a lot of traveling. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm very fortunate to have uh, 14 communities. The 35th District
1: is uh, much of the Mon Valley, along the river uh, for the most part. I have Clareton, Duquesne, Homestead, Liberty, Lincoln, McKeesport, Munhall, Portview, South for Sales Township, for sales, West Homestead, Whitaker, White Oak, and I have three districts in West Mifflin, and those are the
0: 3rd, 4th, and 15th. What made you decide when, when Austin Davis, uh, first of all, was elected to lieutenant governor and, and decided to obviously step down from his state representative seat, what, what made you want to put your hat under the ring for that? This is something
1: I've always enjoyed. I, I can't, uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about it when I heard that Austin won and I knew things would have to transpire with the open seat, and uh, it was a... It was something I took very seriously. I had a lot of discussions with the wife and the family and, and talking with them, preparing them if, if the decision was made. And it all came down to it. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed that I made the right decision. I think of it now. it would have, I would have been full of regret had I not made the decision to run for state representative of the 35th district. It's what I love. I, I love public service. I was fortunate enough to do that in the mayor's office for almost more than 12 years. Uh, now I can do that on a bigger scale. And help more people. And that,
0: that's what I like to do. Yeah, but, but strictly, strictly from a political standpoint, though, you had to run basically what would usually be a nine-month or 12-month campaign. You had to run it in, what, about 45 days? That, that's the analogy I use every time I tell uh, everyone
1: what, what actually transpired. It's about a six- to nine-month campaign in, in less than 60 days after
0: the day I got the uh, Democratic endorsement from the county. Because there was some – we're talking with uh, newly sworn in State Representative Matt Gertley. Give people your your website – uh if they want to get more information uh, www.reptgurgly net. OK. Um, and we'll give the phone numbers out too a little bit later on in the show. So stay tuned for that. But uh, there was a little bit of controversy because the state house declared there were these three open seats. There was your seat, Summer Lee's seat and uh, Anthony DeLuca's seat were, were all open at the beginning of 2023. They declared a special election and then there was a court fight over whether or not the election was actually going to happen or not. See, there was some uncertainty over that as well. It's funny you mentioned that because you also mentioned how quickly the election came after yeah. the endorsement. Uh,
1: that was very fortunate that, that that it happened so quickly. In fact, I was uh, at a fundraiser and the attorneys, a couple of them, were there that fought to have the election stay on that date and as opposed to being moved back to right. uh, May. And I, I said to them, "Hey, I." especially thank them because i said you know you may have kept me from a divorce and kept my kids very happy with uh, fighting for the good not fight. being
0: out on the road for yeah, nine months or 12 months or whatever at the
1: same time though the democratic process and the democracy we live in it's only fair to have that seat represented yeah. there was nothing being done when, when those seats were open there, there was it was at a stalemate and everybody was kind of just waiting around pushing it back those months and making it happen in may would have just it would have been
0: senseless and a, and a waste of taxpayer money if you ask me so let's talk a little bit about your background you grew up in McKeesport. Tell, tell us uh, whereabouts you grew up. I was very fortunate enough to have
1: a, a, a different background as, as, as I say. Uh, I spent time in uh, White Oak and McKeesport. My parents had a house in uh, White Oak but I grew up and spent most of my time on Abraham Street in Grandview. Okay, I attended Grandview Elementary and I'm glad to say uh, my last year there was the year they shut
0: it down uh, unfortunately. You're, and your last name is no familiar is, is, is familiar enough to folks who live in the area. Uh, there goes the train. The, 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 I've got to have the train go by. in the middle of an interview. But uh, there's Richard Gurgley Riverfront Park, and I believe that was your uncle, was it not?
1: Yes, Richard J. Gurgley Riverfront Park. And I have to say, a day does not go by when I don't hear something great about my uncle. Maybe not every single day, yeah. but I would say at least two to three times a week, uh, almost every week. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's almost been 30 years now since his passing. And the... And, uh, the legacy he left behind is is, is is a tremendous one.
0: He was a McKeesport City Councilman for, for the listeners, and I think he was also one of the people who had the, the vision to see that we were not using the riverfronts for anything except for industrial use and parking and that they could be used for recreation and, and entertainment, which is why I think they ended up naming the park after him.
1: Yes, absolutely. He played a large part in that. He had a grand vision uh, for what could be done there. He was also a teacher, mm-hmm. a councilman, a coach. He coached uh, wrestling uh, and um, football. He did several different things in the community. He also uh, was in charge of International Village for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he, was, he, he had uh, his hand in a little bit of everything, and he was just a very well-liked individual
0: who, who treated people the right way, and that's what I foresee. He, and your brother Mark was on the school board, I believe, and, and also was a state legislature, it, legislator in this same seat. Absolutely, yes.
1: Uh, my brother was, uh, I believe, to be one of the youngest school board presidents in, in I in believe so. was, yeah, he was so in his was early 20s or something, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, like 25, 26 years yeah. Old. yeah. yeah. That, that, and he sat in the 35th district seat as well. So there's a legacy of, of, of this. Yeah, graduated from McKeesport High School? Graduated in 1998 from McKeesport High School, and I'm very proud to say that. Okay, and, and went on to where? Indiana University of Pennsylvania, okay. where I graduated in 2020, 2002.
0: And, and what was your career path from then? Because I first uh, started to to work with you when you were uh, working as McKeesport City Administrator.
1: My focus was supposed to be business uh, uh-huh. and a minor in journalism. However, I really fell into a love of radio and television. Yeah. And it, it took me on the path to uh, clear channel communications, in fact. Okay. Where I worked. I did internship and then worked for them for a little while. And at that age, that's the greatest thing in the world. To, yeah, To be sure. a part of that. At that time, they owned the, the pavilion. Uh, so Star it was Lake, really yeah. Cool. Yeah, they had Star Lake and we had... All access to pretty much everything, and it, that was a great thing. However, that wasn't uh, my future. It doesn't pay to be in that line of work. Uh, not, <laughs> not the way I wanted to have to start yeah. a family. So we're all,
0: we're all finding that out. We all yeah. find that out eventually, some of us sooner than others.
1: I then moved on to an insurance company where I got my start, I guess you could say, in my professional career and uh, dabbled in political consulting uh, with uh, working elections and mm-hmm. working behind the scenes
0: running them. What what was the biggest surprise? I mean, you even having grown up around it with your uncle and your brother, what was what were some things that were surprising for you when you ran for office the first time, or when you got involved in politics as a on the consulting level for the first time? I thought I knew everything
1: uh, on because I did the consulting and yeah. ran campaigns. It it's just being out front. The spotlight's a little different. Um, it costs a lot of money to do these things, and and when you don't have the time to raise that money, it's very difficult to run a campaign. And, and unfortunately, you do need money to to do these things. Uh, but there, there, there are other ways to get around and just be visible uh, and make appearances, which is, you know, what I try to do the best at.
0: Yeah, I, 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 we're talking with uh, newly sworn in State Representative Matt Gurley. And I ask these questions because I've, I've had a couple people on here, including uh, now Lieutenant Governor Davis, uh, Shard A. Jones, Mayor of, of Braddock, especially younger people. And I kind of asked them, uh, why did they get involved in, in politics and what do they think discourages uh, other people from getting involved? There's a lot of us who like to sound off on social media or whatever, but we don't actually take the step of actually putting ourselves a- a- out there. Do, do you think the money discourages people from, from getting involved? They think, oh, I'm going to have to raise all this money? Or No, no, I think this is a great question to ask because
1: uh, the, now more than ever, because of social media, it's very difficult because everybody wants to see, it seems that everybody wants to see everyone else fail or people who are doing well or people in these type of positions, uh, they automatically uh, paint you with the brush that you're, you're, you're doing something wrong or have the intentions of doing something wrong or just doing it for money or for, for purposes to help other people as family or friends. Nepotism is what I meant. And that's just not the case. And I think that just drives good people away from these positions sometimes because of they see, they see the, the, the disparaging remarks made and, and things that are said. And especially when you have the, the ease of social media to do that, now everyone has an opinion, which they absolutely have a right to. It's just I think it gets taken a little overboard and and people voice things that they just want attention sometimes that is how I feel about
0: it. And, and yet a lot of these jobs, especially in the smaller – and we have a break coming up. And when, after the break, I want to ask you more about sort of what your goals are uh, as a legislator and what your priorities kind of are going to be. But especially in these smaller municipalities around here, townships and boroughs, there there are places where – there's not enough people running. There's five seats open and there's three people running. I see that on school boards and, and borough councils in the smaller communities all the time. What would be your advice to, to people in, in one of these smaller school districts or boroughs to, to if, if they're interested in being on their councils or their school board? First off, my advice would be you know,
1: it usually takes someone to, to spearhead that and get that spark. Uh, I watched it happen when I ran for the endorsement. I, I looked at some of these smaller communities and they had nobody on the uh, committees. Yeah. And even in some of the big municipalities, instead of having 40 seats filled, they have half. Yeah. And, and that's a shame. And especially when no one realizes how important those committees are. In this case alone, it, it, it put me in the position to be the Democratic, uh, give me the nod to be the Democratic nominee. Uh, and, and that's very fortunate. But even then, I said to, to certain people in those areas, I said, you know, once this is over, you have, you have the resources here uh, with uh, the people that were involved in endorsement. I said, talk to them. Get involved and then go find people who want to get involved and tell them what it's all about and why it's so important. And I, I saw all those those things happen and come to fruition now. A couple of those communities, uh, I know Clarendon was one of them, uh, where uh, Ms. Jackie Wade stepped up and, and got people involved. And now I think their uh, committee is now at, at full capacity or close to
0: it. So, so a lot of these jobs are, are, are going – we hear the same thing with the poll workers, right, at election time. A lot of these jobs are going and hurting, and they're looking for help. There's people who would welcome the, the involvement and welcome the help. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. I used to be, uh, people were
1: fighting to get those positions on election day, and now we hardly have anyone that uh, we, we have trouble uh, filling them, yeah. and that's a shame.
0: Uh, give us your website uh, again for people to get in touch with you www.repgurgly.com. Okay, so www.repgurgly.com, and I think also if they go to PA House dot com slash 35, 35th Legislative District. They'll get there as well. You'll wind up in the same place. Okay. We're going to take a break right there. When we come back, let's uh, talk about some some of your goals, some of the priorities, some of the th- reasons that you ran for, for office in the first place and, and what you're hoping to do uh, in your first two years in the legislature. Okay? Absolutely. State Representative Matt Gurgley is our guest this morning. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're tuned to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport Sport on Radio 81 W WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 4- 1-2-6-7-8-6-1-9-1. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is State Representative Matt Gertley. You can find his website at repgertley.com. Uh, you can also f- visit one of his three offices. He's got an office in Lyle Boulevard in McKeesport. You guys have to get a new sign down there. That it still says right. Austin Davis and, and Mike Doyle, and it's you and Summer Lee now down there. Uh, also in Munn Hall and a satellite office that's open two days a week at the Clareton City Hall. Um, what are some of your goals for the district? What are, As you were going out in that very abbreviated campaign period, knocking on doors, talking to people, what did they tell you their priorities were that, that you want to work on now?
1: Unfortunately, being in the position I held previous to this, I spent a lot of time in these areas, in these areas just because that was my job. So you
0: were for, for the benefit of the listeners, you were city finance director in McKeesport. Previously, you were a similar job for the McKeesport Area School District, and previous to that, you were city administrator in McKeesport. So you had a lot of the, that ground-level experience. Correct, since yeah. 2012. So, yes. Uh, like it or not, crime uh,
1: and violence has to be number one. It has to be whether you want it to be or not. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, hate to have that come out and be the top priority, but it is – and it's a must and it's a necessity, it's it's finding out what to do with that. What does it look like? How do you do it? You can have all the meetings you in the world, and those seem to take place a lot. However, you need to get the stakeholders to come together and work together to provide things for the youth, experience any type of positive experience for youth is what I'm looking at right now, uh, and how, how does that look and how do we do that? Uh, we also need people to work together. When I say we have all these different entities to do come together, and we held these very important, powerful meetings that are – that are full of emotion and you have these stakeholders that are, that are incredible in the community and they all show up and they all come out and then we leave and end up just rescheduling meetings again for the next time. And where, 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 where are your outcomes there? And what are the goals? And then that's what we need to focus on. If I had, if I had the answer, I would tell it to you right now. And I, I'd be lying if I told you I had the answer, and I'd sound like a genius if I did know the answer. Uh, It's not worth recreating the wheel. If there's somewhere somebody else doing something in their communities that is working, then we need to jump on it right away and and build on that. Uh, There's several different things to do, and and like I said, youth is where it starts. Uh, One of my colleagues the other day, we were talking about school funding, and he mentioned about, well, let's get the resources in there, and he was saying all the right things, and he said, you know, you got to give these resources so the parents at home could build on them as well. And then I thought, well, He really doesn't understand the the dynamics of all these different areas because some of the parts of the 35th district, unfortunately, there aren't even parents at home to take those resources and do anything with them. Sometimes the the role of a teacher – always the the role of a teacher is an incredible one. Uh, It it goes – well above and beyond the classroom, uh, and they, they provide much more than you could ever imagine, and I've seen it, and sometimes they, they they are filling the role of a parent as well, and that's unfortunately the truth. But We need to look at those things as well, uh, and, and that's a priority. Is, I rolled right into uh, just funding for education, public education. I well, I was is. just
0: going to mention that because there was a – as you and I are, are talking, there was a – statewide press conference, basically, that included East Allegheny School District in in the Pittsburgh area, talking about school funding, in particular uh, the charter school funding formula and the funding for special education and other mandated programs. The superintendent up in East Allegheny is saying that they've got a structural deficit of something like $6 million uh, that is just mandated funding, the, the gap between the money that comes in, and what they actually have to pay out in terms of, of charter school funding and so forth. Now I know Governor Shapiro in his proposed budget, th- there is an increase. There is in an there. increase. Yeah, uh, and we're also fortunate.
1: I think I think hopefully this is going to work in our favor. Is the uh, Judge Jubilee's decision that came out with how we uh, are going to have to come to the table and really uh, put our heads together and figure out how how this funding is going to look to ensure that these and that was the discussion that led to this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, how these resources look for every community that they're all given the same opportunities and all have the, the same uh, education which is
0: very difficult, I and mean, it's, it's not going to be an easy, uh, an easy fix. Well, the first thing that people say is, I don't want my taxes to go up. You know, they're, they're, they feel that they're taxed enough already from local property taxes and, and earn income tax. So where at the state level uh, is that money to be found, do you think? That's going to be difficult, but like yeah. I said, it, 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 you got to sit down at the table and you got to do it. And, and yeah. one of the
1: number one things I hear from senior citizens is property tax and, and mm-hmm. uh, the school taxes about, you know, they, they paid their dues and their kids yeah. went to school, and why am I doing it now? Uh, unfortunately, we haven't found that solution yet, but that's, I think part of that will come when we, we get together to figure out how the funding uh, is allocated. Uh, and, and thankfully, this will force us to do so, so we're, we'll figure that out hopefully. Uh, relatively
0: soon. We're talking with State Representative Matt Gurgley uh, you can find his website at RepGurgley.com or go to pahouse.com/slash thirty-five. He represents Clareton, Duquesne, McKeesport Homestead, uh, and most of the surrounding area, including a little little bit of West Mifflin that is not your colleague uh, Nick Fisotano's uh, district, um, but but much of that side of the Monongahela and Yaquageney Rivers. He has offices in McKeesport, Munhall and a satellite location in the City of Clareton municipal building. You, you were talking about property taxes, and hand in hand with that, I think, is blight. Uh, the chamber of, or not chambers of commerce, councils of government held a forum down here for the Allegheny County executives uh, candidates uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was the question that they had for all the candidates. For that is what to do about abandoned uh, the properties. McKeesport has torn down by itself something like 800 homes. North Braddock has the same problem. Braddock, West Mifflin, uh, is there help from the state level that's available? For, for these communities? There's some, and there needs to be more. And when you ask me about priorities, yeah. that's either third or, or, or second or third
1: on my list. Yeah. And then, but that incorporates much more than that. It's, it's economic revitalization. Yeah. It begins with the blight, though. And um, it, I always get locked in with McKeesport's state of mind. Uh, and sometimes I do, and I'm forced to now understand all the other processes. <laughs> However, we were very fortunate in McKeesport to have our own redevelopment authority uh-huh. and, and take – uh, ownership of those properties and, and remediate them and make them shovel-ready. And that was a great program. And I was saying that to someone, hey, well, we, we go through the county. Well, then that that it, it's a proven tactic to take property uh, and have them shovel-ready. And Because we've seen it in the Keysport. We have brought businesses in. We've gotten properties ready. Uh, and it seems to be the best best tactic to take, so to speak. Uh, also, it helps with home ownership. Uh, people yeah. have homes, and they can add to their property and do what they like with with uh, properties next to them, and it only takes a few people who care and respect their neighborhood and their home to to make things look nice, and it
0: it catches fire, and everybody seems to jump on board. Since you brought that topic up, and the time goes quickly, I know we have another break coming up, but housing is generally looked at as a a federal problem, but that's something else we're hearing about in the Pittsburgh area is a lack of affordable housing. There's a lot of cheap housing in the Pittsburgh area, but there isn't always good affordable housing. Uh, What help do you see coming down the line? Uh, from PHFA or some of the other agencies in the state for for affordable housing. Hopefully a lot. Uh, and I got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to
1: fight for that like no other because I think yeah. the 35th district is the perfect place to put that affordable housing. I can't imagine a better place to do so, and it makes all the sense in the world. And then that's where where you start. You get those good houses and homes, and people with ownership, and, and it becomes humanity. And, hum- and people are proud to have that. And and when, once you do that, again, you, you, it just it needs. We need a spark to start a fire, and we're so close. And, and that's what I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight until, until I see it, till I see the until a wildfire occur.
0: Before we take our our second break, I'm gonna switch gears briefly and, and and change topics almost entirely. What sort of help you you have these the three offices? What sort of help do people come? to your office seeking assistance from their state legislator, and what kind of assistance can you and your office staff provide them in the district? What kind of help do they come for? Everything. There's everything under the
1: sun. And it's, it's fantastic because that is something I learned. I knew it, but I really wasn't as engaged. Now I understand we can help with pretty much anything. In What I mean when I say that is if we can't help you directly in our offices and do it absolutely for you, we'll find the person who can or how to get to my, it. My driver's it license
0: done. expired or I need to register to vote sure. or uh, I, I need to apply for uh, f- uh, college assistance for, for my young person. Pretty much anything and everything.
1: And, I, and when I say that, I, again, I, we're not going to turn anyone away without at least telling them, all right, well, you know, maybe we say, hey, we can't do that here, but here's how you're going to get that help and here's who you talk to and we've already placed a call they know you're coming or things like that it's we, I have, i'm very fortunate to have a great staff um i have new staff members uh one was here from previously but yeah. i have uh three new staff members uh connor uh karen and sophia uh and i have karen's Svetz who's been with me for and will have been through the 35th district yeah. for a very long time and she knows what she's doing. So
0: there's some experience, there's some experience in navigating. Because people, they go to the state, they, maybe they go to the Internet, and they get confused. It's, like, overwhelming. You, you, those, your district offices can help navigate that. Absolutely. And i got three, three new people that are very
1: encouraged and, and very excited to be a part of this, and so am I. And, and it, it's, it's fun and it's exciting
0: to help, and that, that's what I like to do. Let's take our, our second break. When we come back, let's, let's continue this discussion of what your goals and priorities are, but also talk about the new climate. In Harrisburg. You're new. There's a new governor. There's new majority control of, of the State House. So, so things look a little different than they did maybe uh, two or four years ago, okay? Absolutely. Can't wait. We're talking with State Representative Matt Gurgley. You can contact him through his website, repgurgley.com. Uh, you can also visit one of his three offices, uh, McKeesport and Lyle Boulevard. The Munhall office is where? On Main Street. On Main Street in, in, in Monhall, or you can find him two days a week at the, or his office two days a week anyways, at the Clareton Municipal Building in the city of Clareton. Broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, and we'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. Are you aware that currently 20% of veterans, regardless of era served, suffer from PTSD
1: alone, and an average of 20 veterans commit suicide daily? So if you're a veteran suffering with these issues and need to talk, call Operation Vet Now or OVN at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or visit opvetnow.org.
0: Back for a few more minutes with uh, State Representative Matt Gergley. You were going to give your address there in Munhall. Yes, Jason, thank you. It's 3905. Uh, Austin Davis also had his office there. It's a yeah. great location right on Main Street. Uh, you can't miss it. Okay, 3905 Main Street in Monal also, also 627 Lyle Boulevard uh, in McKeesport and, of course, at the Clareton Municipal Building two days a week. So, um, yeah, I, I, we, We've had Senator Brewster on this program. One of the things I mentioned to him is his district is kind of so broad it goes from farmland in some cases and very rural to very urban in some cases. Yours is a little more compact, and and it seems to me like the communities in your district have a little more in common, maybe. Yeah, they very much mimic each other in a lot of different ways. Uh,
1: they're also very different in a lot of ways. I, hate, I wouldn't want to paint the picture that they're all the same, but no, for the most part, I feel like I know the people of the 35th District. Uh, I feel like I'm in touch with what's going on, and I think that's fortunate because I, I think I know what they need but however at the same same time i, I started what I, what I like to call the state representative matt gurgley's need assessment tour yeah uh, and okay I, i'm meeting with all the uh, different representatives of each of the communities mayors council people yeah. uh and, and talking with them and, and making a list in my mind uh, from the education world I, I figured they're always doing five and three year plans i don't know how yeah. long i'm going to be here but i'm going to do an 18 month plan for at least yeah. the time i'm here and find out what they need you know, even if it makes its way into a spreadsheet somewhere this is what they need this is their priority priorities uh, listed and uh, prioritized. So I want to know what everyone needs and what, where it stands and then collectively, collectively what they need. And then when it comes time to ask for those things, I'm going to ask those communities to participate and reach out with me to ask for the things to, to, to
0: address that they need. A- anybody who's been in the workforce knows that you go through, your boss goes through your assessment. You know, you, every six months or 12 months or whatever, you, you get your job assessed. Um, the, the voters will be your... Job, job, assessment. So, what I plan on scoring very high. By the way, well, that's what I was just about to ask. What goals do you do you think you're going to be measured on, and what to you will look like success uh, in eighteen months from now?
1: Being it's eighteen months from now, yeah, I'll make sure that communities aren't saying, "Well, Matt Gergley forgot about us out here. Mm-hmm. or over here, or we're out of his uh, out of sight, out of mind." That's not yeah. going to be true. Everybody I've met with us far, I said, please make sure I don't want to hear that. Call me. I'll be yeah. there. I, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be active. I'm going to participate, and I'm going to. F- I'll always say I'm going to aggravate and fight. It, it, it's, I don't even need to say it anymore because uh, I will do that. But I'm also going to be visible uh, and, and, and always in communication w- with the people that uh, want, want to speak with me.
0: Let, let's switch gears again, and I know we're running short on time. But the, the the everybody talks about how the fractious the political climate is right now, how divided everything is right now. And, of course, Twitter, Facebook, social media, Reddit, none of that Helps. It, it probably makes things look even more divided than they really are. Uh, which, what's the climate in Harrisburg? What do, what do you feel in Harrisburg in terms of the mood in terms of Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives being able to work together?
1: Yeah, well, Jason, it might sound crazy to say this. I like the mood in Harrisburg. What I've learned in Harrisburg is first off, there's a lot of yelling and arguing and fighting and sometimes name calling, but also the bipartisanship you see behind the scenes a lot is what people don't see. Uh, like I mentioned, I was with you know, you keep with your Republican colleagues, and it's amazing how much you can have in common with someone uh, who you think is total opposites. and In a lot of cases, you can come to agreements or figure out ways to work together because, honestly, you have to. If you, don't, you can't do that, you get nothing done. Uh, right now, uh, we're so close with the 102, 101. Um, I think it's going to force us to work bipartisanly, uh, and I think that that's going to be a, an advantage to,
0: to all the constituents. Uh, in residents of the uh, state of Pennsylvania. I, 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 what kind, I know that Austin Davis used to talk about the relationship that he developed with Nick Piscatano over in the 38th District, who we talked about. Um, th- there are three of you now who are all freshman legislators in this, in this district. H- have you met with them, and, and what kind of, or, or in this region, this Monioc region? Ha- have you met with them? And uh, Yes, absolutely. What set of common grounds have you been able to find with you know, Representative Kuzma or Representative Salisbury? Uh, that's another amazing thing you spend a lot of time with these people so you yeah. get to know them pretty well uh, yeah.
1: Representative Kuzma is a great guy uh, I'm also already working with him on, on some bipartisan bills yeah. that we're both working on he, he's called me it's great that, to know that you could just pick up a phone or shoot a text and, and that's what we've done we've already developed that relationship and that's what I mean he's, he's a Republican the, the, right next to me right next door yeah. and we're already working together uh, uh, Representative Salisbury I can't speak highly enough she's an incredibly intelligent woman and knows what she's doing and knows what people need and, and she, she fights for that she's uh, She's an attorney by nature. So, she took over Summer Lee's old district, yes. which is
0: Braddock, Swiss Vale, Rankin, East Pittsburgh, that side of Turtle Creek, basically. That side of the creek, basically. And the line of work she's in and in, what she's done in the
1: past really uh, prepares her for this job. Uh, I came in with 29... Um, Democratic uh, new members. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the change in the House has been incredible. So I'm one of 29 new members, uh, Democratic members at least, and it's, uh, you know, it's a big pond out there.
0: What, what what impresses you about walking into your new office uh, in Harrisburg every day? I, I don't know. I don't know if that ever gets
1: old walking in that building because it is – well, for me, I'm, I'm a history guy, so that, uh, it's, it's the most amazing thing ever. I, I can't stop enjoying it. I've already taken two tours, I believe. I've given a tour. Um, it, just the
0: history behind it. I would say the history, without a doubt. What what haven't I asked you about that you would like to mention, that you would like to leave people with a 60-second pitch maybe for the district or or for some goals that you want to work on? I just want to thank uh, the people of the 35th district more than anyone for putting me in this position.
1: I feel like I'm truly blessed. I won't forget that. It's our district, not mine. It wasn't a popularity contest. I was put here for a reason. Uh, That reason is to advocate for them and our needs, and and I'm going to do that, uh, and I will prove that I'm going to do that. And I look forward to – to my first assessment.
0: The 35th district includes Clareton, uh, Duquesne, McKeesport, and much of the surrounding area. You can find out more information by going to Representative Gurgley's website, repgergley.com or pahouse.com slash 35. You can also reach him through one of his district offices in McKeesport on Main Street in Monhall and uh, two days a week at the Clareton Municipal Building. Representative Gurgly, thank you for coming in. It was a pleasure. Jason, it's always a pleasure so so much. Thank you very much for having me. It, It was a privilege and an honor. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Listening this week to Two Rivers Thirty Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation. We'd like to thank the CSX Railroad for its contributions during this morning's show <laughs> on A- Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. So long for now.